Good morning. This is Tommy Ray, and we're in episode 55 of Water Rights, Laws, Guns, and Money. Today is October 23, 2022, and we're going to talk about what we all perceive to be desert country, Arizona. Practically all pictures you see of Arizona contain lots and lots of cacti, but look closer and you'll see thriving suburbs and lots of green in farm fields. But these cities and farms need water, and lots of it. Let's take a look first at total supplies Arizona has, and then discuss its share of the Colorado River and how water is delivered from the Colorado into the heart of Arizona. A few facts. Central Arizona's water supplies comes from three main sources, the Colorado River, the Gila, Salt, and Verde River systems, and groundwater. Groundwater accounts for 41% of the state's water. In-stream rivers account for 18%. The Colorado River makes up 36%, and reclaimed water accounts for the remaining 5%. Arizona uses about 7 million acre-feet a year. And how is this water used? 22% goes to municipal use, 6% for industrial uses, and 72% for agriculture. Arizonans know they have to conserve water, and they have mandatory water conservation programs in place for each of these three sectors. Let's quickly compare this to Colorado. Total consumptive use in Colorado is 5.3 million acre-feet. Colorado State University, through its Colorado Knowledge Program in 2016, reported that an average of 13.7 million acre-feet of stream flow originates annually in Colorado via precipitation. However, Due to delivery obligations from interstate compacts and agreements, less than 40%, or 5.3 million acre-feet, is consumed within our state each year. Of the consumed amount, approximately 83% is supplied by surface water, and the remaining 17% is supplied by groundwater. CSU reports that 88% is used in agriculture, 8% by municipalities, and 4% by industry. Back to Arizona. All reports I have seen on Arizona's water use don't mention consumptive use, just water use. I think the reason may be that practically no water actually leaves Arizona. We differentiate in Colorado because most of our water leaves the state, but in Arizona it is all used or consumed. I was surprised that they use over 7 million acre-feet per year. The two main rivers in Arizona are the Colorado and the Gila. Gila, by the way, is spelled G-I-L-A. The Colorado enters Arizona from south-central Utah and crosses northwest Arizona through the Grand Canyon area. They never irrigated this area because the water is too far below the surface of the land to divert. 
The Colorado then turns south and is the border between Arizona and California. The Gila River originates in southwest New Mexico and traverses the southern third of Arizona until it meets the Colorado River at Yuma, Arizona. The Salt and Verde Rivers are tributary to the Gila, coming in on the north side. The Salt River passes through Phoenix and meets the Gila southwest of Phoenix. In the 1900s, Coolidge Dam, creating San Carlos Lake about 80 miles east of Phoenix, and several other smaller dams were built along the Gila and its tributaries. Consequently, the Gila now contributes only a small fraction of its historic flow to the Colorado. Often, the river completely dries before it gets to Yuma. Along with groundwater, these dams transformed much of the river valley and its surrounding land from arid desert to irrigated land and supply water to more than 5 million people, mainly in the Phoenix and Tucson metropolitan areas. But early on, Arizona's leaders knew the state's future would need more water than the Gila, Salt, and Green Rivers could deliver. The state needed a water supply that was secure, stable, and renewable. And they negotiated to get 2.8 million acre-feet annually from the Colorado as part of the 1922 Colorado River Compact. But getting that water to central Arizona was another problem. Their vision was the Central Arizona Project, a 336-mile system that brings Colorado River water to central and southern Arizona. In 1968, President Lyndon Johnson signed the Colorado River Basin Project Act, which authorized construction of the Central Arizona Project by the U.S. Department of the Interior's Bureau of Reclamation. The system would provide a way for 1.5 million acre-feet of Arizona's allotment to be delivered to the most populous areas of the state and reduce the use of groundwater for agriculture and other activities. In 1971, the Central Arizona Water Conservation District, the CAWCD, was created to provide Arizona a means to repay the federal government for the reimbursable costs of construction and to manage and operate the physical system. CAWCD is now commonly referred to as CAP, or Central Arizona Project. Initial construction of CAP began in 1973. It is a 336-mile-long concrete ditch that costs about $4 billion. The project was substantially complete in 1994. Since then, Arizona has relied heavily on its share of the Colorado River. So where does the Central Arizona Project begin? It starts by taking water out of Lake Havasu. Lake Havasu was formed in 1938 when Parker Dam was constructed on the Colorado about halfway between Yuma 
and Las Vegas. Of course, this is also the border with California. Since Lake Havasu dammed the river, canals could come off of it and divert water onto a sizable agricultural area in Arizona, just south of Lake Havasu. That area is irrigated with some of Arizona's share of the Colorado River. The Imperial Dam on the Colorado River is about 20 miles north of Yuma. It was also completed in 1938. It is the diversion point providing water into the All-American Canal, which takes water to the Imperial Valley in California, and it takes water to the Gila Canal. The Gila Canal then irrigates farms around Yuma. I'm not 100% sure, but the farm areas around Yuma and Lake Havasu probably take the remainder of Arizona's share of the Colorado River. Agricultural areas are along rivers. Much of the area west of Phoenix along the Gila River and on toward Yuma are irrigated. So this is the background on Arizona water. But we want to focus on the Colorado River and the impact that possible cutbacks will have on Arizona. The Arizona Daily Star delved into some of those impacts in a story published September 13, 2022. Much of the following discussion came from that story. In 1954, the federal government finished a 75-mile-long concrete canal to bring Colorado River water to what's now known as the Welton Mohawk Irrigation and Drainage District, which covers about 58,500 acres along the Gila River just east of Yuma. Robbie Woodhouse, a third-generation farmer in the Yuma area, presides over the governing board of a district with more than 120 individual growers, partnerships, trusts, and other operating entities, growing about 100 different crops. Welton Mohawk is one of six agricultural districts in the Yuma area that together grow 90% of the cauliflower lettuce, broccoli, and other winter vegetables sold in the U.S. But now the future of this district, of farming in the Yuma area in general, and of Arizona's second largest drinking water supply for urban residents are all mired in a sea of uncertainty. Due to a logjam in interstate negotiations for massive cuts in the Colorado River water deliveries, farmers and urban users have no idea how much water use they'll be ordered to cut, possibly starting next year. All the Yuma area irrigation districts depend entirely on Colorado River water to nourish their crops. While groundwater does lie beneath many of the farm fields, its quality is uncertain are poor in many places. Obviously, we're very concerned, said Woodhouse, whose 1,250 acres grow mostly produce, such as cauliflower, broccoli, and lettuce. Without the water, we don't grow anything. But I wouldn't say we're scared. 
we do feel an obligation to do our part. Water officials of Arizona cities of Tucson, Goodyear, and Scottsdale are also concerned and a little on edge, although they're not panicking. They are the most dependent of Arizona cities on river water delivered through the Central Arizona Project. While all these cities have backup supplies, led by groundwater, to cushion them in the short to medium term in the event of Colorado River cuts, their long-term picture is more uncertain because the Central Arizona Project was extended into Arizona nearly 40 years ago precisely to get them off groundwater. Arizona got about 36% of its total water supply from the river as recently as 2020. That share of river water feeding farms and cities has declined some since then with the advent of a federally approved drought contingency plan that will cut the state's river use by 21% starting in 2023. It's expected to drop even further in the coming years, but nobody knows how much right now. The uncertainty was triggered first in June when the Bureau of Reclamation Commissioner Camille Tootin testified at a U.S. Senate committee hearing that to stabilize the river's declining reservoirs, Lake Mead and Lake Powell, the basin states need to cut their water use by roughly up to 30% starting in 2023 and come up with a plan to do that by mid-August. That didn't happen. If a plan doesn't appear by then, she warned the federal government would impose its own to protect the system. But mid-August came and went with no agreement and no plan or timetable for a plan from the Bureau. The Bureau did say at an August 16 news conference, however, that it was going to look closely at several measures so they can keep delivering water at lower elevations in Lake Mead and Lake Powell, and counting evaporation of water from Lake Mead and the river against the lower basin's total water supply thereby reducing that supply by hundreds of thousands of acre-feet a year. So now, Welton Mohawk and the other irrigation districts are pushing for a plan to cut one acre-foot of water used per acre annually on 925,000 acres along the lower Colorado River in Arizona and California. In return, they're seeking $1,500 an acre foot in compensation, or a total of $1.4 billion annually. Wow, that's a lot of money. Is that the profit that each acre foot makes? I know that farmers can only afford to pay about $100 per acre foot to rent water to make crops and be profitable. Anything above that, they're losing money. How long into the future are they proposing that the government pay them? The government built the dams that supply them water in the first place. Yes, they are paying the government back, but at an extremely low interest rate. 
Woodhouse says that with $1,500 per acre foot, they'll invest in water-efficient farming tools like drip irrigation, gradually switch to less thirsty crops from water-slurping alfalfa, and weather economic losses from reduced water use, Woodhouse said. What we want to have happen is for each individual farmer to operate their farms in the matter that they want to operate and plant the crops that they feel they can maintain the fertility of their soils, he said. I'm sure it's going to greatly change crop rotations and also change management practices of individual farmers to exist on less water. It's real important that those decisions be left to each individual farmer. This proposal has been roundly criticized by urban water leaders, however. While saying farms must take the biggest water use curbs because they use 72% of Arizona's water and close to 80% basin-wide, the Central Arizona Project officials say the farmer's price tag is unrealistically high and that whatever money is paid should be used strictly to modernize irrigation practices for the long term. Where both Arizona farms and cities agree is that the other water basin states and the federal government haven't moved fast enough to reduce water use. The attorney representing the Yuma area farmer said, Reclamation has got to show some leadership and say this has got to be done and give us a guide map as to how the system is protected as the commissioner promised what it would do. The Central Arizona Project's board president, Terry Goddard, and its previous president, Lisa Atkins, wrote a letter on August 19 to the Interior Secretary that made essentially the same point. To date, no written response from Interior has been forthcoming. With no action forthcoming on a deal, some Arizona water users have pulled back on past commitments to leave water in Lake Mead to prop it up. The Tucson City Council, for instance, had pledged earlier this year to leave 30,000 acre feet in the lake in 2022 and 2023 but has since backed off that pledge and voted to order its full allocation of 144,191 acre-feet for 2023, pending the negotiations outcome. The Gila River Indian community withdrew an even larger commitment to leave nearly 130,000 acre-feet in Mead next year. The Central Arizona Project is holding on to 35,000 acre-feet it was going to leave in Mead and announced plans to remove another 18,000 acre-feet from the lake next year. Unfortunately, the community has been shocked and disappointed to see the complete lack of progress in reaching the kind of cooperative basin-wide plan necessary to save the Colorado River system, said Gila River Indian Community Chairman Stephen Rowe Lewis. Many Arizona cities using Colorado River water 
are preparing for the inevitability they'll have to use less. In Goodyear, in the Phoenix's area's West Valley, whose population is about 101,000, the city has recharged about half its annual Central Arizona project supplies into the ground for several years. It's also been recharging treated sewage effluent into the ground and has stored a total of seven-year supply of both sources. Wow, to me that sounds like a short time. Most cities plan for water 50 years into the future. In Scottsdale, in the Phoenix area's East Valley, the Central Arizona Project supplies about 70% of the water for its 250,000 residents. Most is delivered directly to homes and businesses rather than recharged. If the city had to sustain a large cut in Central Arizona Project supplies, it would have to rely much more heavily on groundwater. It has stored about 230,000 acre-feet of Central Arizona Project water and treated sewage effluent at ground, about two and a half years' worth of its current supply, but town officials don't want to use it all at once. It also gets about 15% of its supply from salt and Verde River surface supplies delivered by the quasi-public utility, the Salt River Project. The city is also looking to recycle wastewater, a process called direct potable reuse. That's the yuck factor, but it is coming to the West. More and more cities will be directly recycling water from their wastewater treatment plants directly back into their freshwater treatment plants for potable use in homes. There are plentiful aquifers in central Arizona to fall back on. Many are fossil aquifers, meaning water entered them thousands of years ago, and they are not easily replaced. If they are pumped, and Arizona is unable to replenish the pumping, the aquifers will pay the price. This seems very similar to the Denver Basin aquifers south of Denver. But there is one cautionary note. A recent Bureau of Reclamation study found that as the southwest climate warms up, runoff of melting snows into rivers and washes surrounding the city is likely to decline, meaning less water will be replenishing its aquifers than in the past. That would increase the possibility that groundwater pumping in place of Central Arizona Project water use could put increased pressure on the aquifer, triggering higher pumping costs and more likelihood of subsidence in which the ground collapses. Subsidence can change runoff patterns, possibly flooding some areas previously not prone to flooding. Subsidence can also break underground utilities, such as gas, water, and sewer pipes. Man, this is hard. I think Arizona's in a pickle. Even though various parties have been trying to leave water in the Colorado River system, it's not enough. I'm sure negotiators for all parties involved in the Colorado River Compact are intelligent, caring people 
but they must compromise. They are supposed to come to an agreement in 2026, but I think that might not be early enough. I hope the listener may have a greater appreciation of problems Arizona is facing because of the drought and lower flows in the Colorado. I have only scratched the surface here. I think it would be hard for any water-intensive operation, such as microchip manufacturing, to consider an operation in Arizona today. There just seem to be too many uncertainties with Arizona's water supply. I fear the Bureau of Reclamation will have to make the decisions as to where cuts will be made. No matter what decision Commissioner Tootin makes, she will be reviled. She may have to take blood pressure medicine or come with me to my favorite mountain stream to relax just a little. Speaking of which, let's stop here and go take a listen. See you next time.